following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. My, my, my. Is this one more time or what? Or where, where we're living right now, is it one more time? Did you ever think, did it ever occur to you that we would be in a place in our country and around the world where fear was so gripping and so challenging to our everyday life. And I, I, I personally, folks, I'm just gonna tell you, I don't like it. <laughs> Is it all right if I don't like it? I don't like it. I, I, want, I want the peace of God to reign. I want the peace of God to shine down on us. And I want this fear gone. Fear has torment, but perfect love casts out fear. And I want the love of God to baptize America and the love of God to touch this world and bring us a great, great revival of care for one another, amen. So our church is doing the best we can with what we have and uh, God has blessed us. I'm gonna get off that subject. Uh, did you, when you drove in tonight, did you see the steel going up in the new part over here? Isn't that cool, isn't that cool? Uh, it's just gonna be quicker than you think. When we get that all covered, get the, what they call the skin on the side of it and the roof on top of it, we're gonna have us some workers on the inside that's gonna make that place sheetrocked and, and mezzanined and, and concreted and, 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 and risers being built in. We have ordered 1,043 seats just for the stadium seating. That's not counting the seats on the floor. And so it's gonna be a nice place, it's gonna be a large place. I stood today, I do it every day, but I stood today in the area where the lectern will be, where the, the stage will be and the platform where, the, where this will be. And I looked over here to the right and I said, God loves you over there. And I looked over here to the left and I said, God loves you. And I looked here in the middle and I said, and you in the good seats right here in the middle, God loves you too. But what a joy it is to be able to do this, build a congregation, build a church during a pandemic. I just think it's one of the greatest miracles that God's ever given this church that we have continued to see the funds and the offerings and the tithe and the gifts come to this church without us pleading, without us begging, without us yearning to get it from you, but you have just done it. You've just stepped up. What a complete congregation this is and all you that are listening that are givers and all that's in this room that give with, with a cause in your heart. What a joy to pastor people like you. And I just want to stop and brag on you a little bit. I just think it's important. And I'm bragging on you tonight a little bit because I don't have a whole lot to say other than that. No, I'm teasing. I want to, I want to speak tonight on something that I feel very uh, confident in and very, very hopeful about. Sunday, we were privileged to baptize 88 people in a baptism service in the three services. We baptized 34 in the first service, 37 in the second service, and 17 in the third service. 88 people took the plunge in water baptism. And to God be the glory. He gets all the glory. He really, really does because he's the savior. He brought salvation. We're just his instruments working here to try to get people to see him as he truly is, a savior and a healer and a redeemer of their life. And so we thank God for that. Next Wednesday now, we're start having first Wednesday, and next Wednesday, uh, I'm gonna start a series 
that will be completed as we are at home the second Wednesday and the third Wednesday. I'm gonna start a series on seeing and stepping and stabilizing. And it's the steps that I just think that God wants me to preach to you about concerning our walk with God post-COVID, post-COVID. This too shall pass. I live by those four words. And this is gonna go away and we're gonna see a better day and we're gonna get back in the house of God and we're gonna have a great time. And in December, Lord willing, the 20th, we're gonna have our first service next door in the new building, a Christmas service. Then I have our Christmas Eve service there. All the, all the, all the scheduling looks like it's gonna happen. So I'm gonna believe, believe, believe and hope it's the, hope it's the uh, 13th instead of the 20th. That'd be cool. You that's in the house, would you stand? And uh, would you stand for the word of the Lord? I'm gonna speak tonight on this word called tapestries. I'm gonna talk about tapestries tonight. And uh, I, I, I feel confident that God is gonna help us. I'm gonna read from Romans 8:28, but not now. I'm gonna do it later. But Charlie Brown uh, was told by Schroeder one day, don't be discouraged, Charlie. These early defeats help build character for later on in life. And Charlie said, for what later on in life? And Schroeder said, for more defeats. And Charlie then invests in five cents worth of Lucy's psychiatric help. And at first her advice sounds a bit more sophisticated. She said, Charlie, adversity builds character. And without adversity, a person could never mature and face up to all the things in life. What things, he asked. She said, more adversity. <laughs> I think that's funny. You didn't, I did. So there we go. So I'll, I'll give you another one. So Charlie Brown in another Peanuts cartoon, my favorite cartoon of all times. Charles Schultz, my favorite writer. Walks away from Lucy after a baseball game, head down, totally dejected. Another ball game lost. Good grief, Charlie moans. I get tired of losing. Everything I do, I lose. And Lucy says, look at it this way, Charlie. We learn more from losing than we do from winning. And Charlie shouts at Lucy, who is so startled, she flips over backwards. That makes me the smartest person in the world, he said. <laughs> I lose all the time. Turn to somebody and say, tapestries. I will not be lengthy, but I hope I am decent tonight. You may be seated. Okay, I'm gonna need a little cooperation here. Let's play a little word association here. You ready? All right, if I said the word Persian, what would you think of? Cat. Cat. Okay, another, if, if you were war veterans, if I said Persian, what would you think about? There you go. You might have thought cat or golf, but when most of us hear the word Persian, we think rug. We think rug, especially ladies. I never owned one. Patty and I have it and probably never will, but I have seen them. And you know it's much more than a carpet. It is a work of art. Years ago, Amy Carmichael wrote about the incredible process that produces these masterpieces called Persian rugs. Try to picture this in your mind now. There are two sets of workmen sitting on a bench on one side of the carpet, which is hanging from a beam up above, and then the designer stands on the other side. And he's holding a pattern in his hand. 
And he directs the workers on the other side of the rug across from them by calling to them exactly what they are supposed to do next. In fact, it's almost somewhat, they say, like a chant. And then the workman chants back to the designer the word that he say, they heard verifying what he wants on their next move. And the workman then cuts from whatever bobbin has been ordered and he pushes that thread through the carpet warp and he knots it. And all the workman can see, all he can see is that thread on the backside and that knot. He sees nothing of the pattern until the carpet is finished because the pattern is in the hands of the designer, not the workman. But when he finally sees what all these commands and all these threads have made, it's a wow moment. It really, really is a wow moment. Romans 8, 28 says simply this, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called, are called according to his purpose. Why don't we say it together? And we know that all things work together for good. All things aren't good, but they work together for good. To those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. That's a great word, Paul. Thank you for that word. I love that word. Now, in his, the Lord's hands, is the pattern. What the masterpiece will look like when it's finished and I promise you this, on this side of the rug, it's beautiful. It's going to be beautiful one day. But God is the only one who can see the whole pattern. He said in Jeremiah 29 and 11, you know the plans I have for you. They are plans for good and not for evil. We were taking off the sheetrock and all the stuff and gutting the old building to make it a new building next door tearing it down to the bare minimum. And in my office, on my office wall, I had written Jeremiah 29 and 11. And I never dreamed, I never dreamed in that day when we was building that first church over there with about 200 people that we'd be going back over there a little bit later in my life and we would have a church that is blessing more than just Austin, Texas. It's an honor to serve that kind of God. The Bible says, as for God, his way is perfect. Say it, it's perfect. Oh, it's going to be beautiful one day. It's going to be good. He's working out the inter eternal tapestry for your life right now. But we're just like those workmen. We can't see the pattern on the other side. All we see is the next thread on this side. So our job, Romans 8, 14, says those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. Our job is to be led. How? Psalms 119, 133 says, direct my footsteps according to your word. Show me from your word where the next step is, God, the next stitch, the next thread. See, the designer is on the other side giving directions that will bring me one step, one thread closer to the grand design he has for my life. And some of the threads are dark. And some threads don't make sense. 
And some don't even seem to fit the pattern, but some even look wrong to me. But you see, I'm just, I'm just a workman. I'm not the designer. My job description is to trust the designer, not to try to understand every order that he orders me from the other side. Persian workers literally choose nothing that goes into the rug. They leave all choices to the one on the other side of the rug. Their responsibility is simply to listen and obey, and so is ours. And so I'm going to preach a little bit now. Today is another thread in the tapestry of life. Today is another thread in the tapestry of life. Your mission, fellow weaver, is to check with the Lord frequently, to consult the word faithfully, to listen for the inner spirit promptings regularly. It's not your mission to know or understand where all this is gonna end and where all this is going. But the grand macro will of God for your earth journey is made up of thousands of micro wills, thousands of little obediences in your life. The book says obedience is better than sacrifice. And I think every morning when we get out of bed, before we pour coffee in our cup, we need to say, Lord, whatever I need to do in obedience today, let me take the steps of obedience because I know I'm threading something on the other side that one day I'm gonna see it for myself and it's gonna be the most beautiful thing I've ever woven in my earthly life. Who would have dreamed that Joseph's tapestry would include the threads of a pit. Is this what dreams get you? A pit, just a pit in the fields of Dothan? But we know the end results, don't we? Because we're on this side of it. We see the other side of the rug. Joseph, it's beautiful over on this side. Or that the pit after having been sold to the Ishmaelites and taken into Egypt would end in Potiphar's house, accused of a deed that he never did and that Potiphar's wife would lie on him and it would land him in a prison. And for 17 years he would live in a dungeon waiting for the tapestry to come to fruition. Try to encourage that. Try to sing a choir song to that. Try to preach to that when he's going through that. But he got to the palace one day. Say it with me. He got to the palace. He got to the palace, he made it. Looking back on his life, seeing the other side of the rug, his family coming to help to him for help, his brothers acknowledging his place in the kingdom looked so different from the designer's side than it did from the worker's side. In the grand design of things, he was never out of God's sight or out of God's will for his life. Or how about good old Job? Who would have dreamed that 4,000 years later 4,000 years later, we would be telling his beautiful story on a Wednesday night, the last day of September 2020. His 42 chapters would be highlight preaching. There'd be things you'd be preaching at conventions and conferences and camps. You'd be preaching to thousands of people. It's worship preaching. It's dynamic preaching. It's overcoming preaching. It's you can make it type ministry preaching. Don't give up preaching. Stand up for God preaching. That's what it is. Wow, what a rug. What a tapestry. What a covering for people who are suffering even today from lost health, from lost kids, 
from lost sheep and lost camels and lost wealth. God, I don't understand these threads I'm putting through the rug. The colors are dark and they're bleak and they're without any continuity. I see tied knots. I see blandness. Job, that's the worker side. Take a look at the designer side. And when he looked at the designer side, he said, but I know my redeemer lives. And I know that he knows the path that I take. And when he has tried me, I shall come forth as gold. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to come forth as gold. Who would have thought that a pot of boiling oil to John the beloved would be the threads of the revelation of Jesus Christ? John, I know you're hurting. I know your body's burned and I know you've suffered And I know you feel isolated on this island called Patmos. But put that thread in the rug. Tell the people, I am he that lives and was dead. And behold, I'm alive forevermore. And tell them I have the keys of death and of hell and of the grave. John could not even see what gives me goosebumps every time I preach about him. I'm here to declare there's a savior that he was writing about on Patmos that does have the keys of death, hell, and the grave. Hallelujah. And he's got a hold of this thing. And I promise you, when he's got a hold of death, hell, and the grave, there is nothing greater in all the world than the power of the name of Jesus Christ. And he will take us to the division of where we need to be in our life. We're gonna see the other side of the rug one day for ourselves. For ourself. Amen. Some in this building and online may be missing their destinies. You have imagined life one way and it's come at you another way. Now let me talk. And because life has backdoored you, so to speak, it's come in the back way and you're on the worker side of the tapestry. You feel like perhaps that God may have cheated you in life and you hear the chance as you set on the other side of the rug, the chants of the Holy Spirit, and you continue to put thread through the tapestry. But it's been a long time since you understood God's purpose in all of this. Can I stop right now as a pastor? It's not in my notes. Can I stop right now as a pastor and tell you, God still has a purpose for this church. He still has a purpose for me. He has a purpose for you. He has a purpose for Austin, Texas. He has a purpose for the state of Texas. He has a purpose for America. And his purpose is gonna be fulfilled in our life. We're gonna see the other side of the rug. Do you believe that? Do you really believe that? Come on now. It's not going to always be this way. Just keep putting the thread through the rug. Keep tying the knots because one day we're going to see the other side of it and say, I know now what I was doing then was in the will of God. I learned a lot from being raised on a farm. I've told you my dad was a sharecropper for the first 10 years of my life and it was some of the greatest living I've ever done. I learned so many things. And dad taught me many memorable lessons. We raised corn on our, on our 40 acres, a lot of corn. And he one day explained how when a farmer harvests his corn, that the end row may sometimes get knocked down when he turns the corner from one row to another. And that, that, that stalk may get knocked down. And, and that leaves some corn stalks knocked down, lying horizontal and broken. And they're often in the shade of a stalk that is still 
standing near it. But dad told me, don't count the stalk that has been knocked down out. Don't count that stalk out. See the pollen, he said, from the overshadowing corn stalk filters down to the broken corn stalk. And amazingly, the plant that has everything going against it, laying flat on its side, starts developing another crop. And eventually you'll be able to pick corn off the knocked down stalk. And I've seen it happen. <laughs> Rejoice not against me, O mine enemy. For when I fall, I shall arise. And though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light unto me. Hear me, when you fall down and you skin your knees and you skin your chest and you skin your head, get back up. There's something about being knocked down and getting back up that makes you feel so good about life. In fact, the difference between an overcomer and a person that fails is getting up one more time than you're knocked down. Don't ever allow hell to knock you down and keep you down. Get up! There's another side of the tapestry that you're gonna see someday. It's a part of your journey. And your journey is gonna be successful one day very soon. This is why Paul stated in 2 Corinthians 4, 8, and 9, we're troubled on every side, and yet we're not distressed. We're perplexed, but we're not in despair. We're persecuted, but not forsaken. We're cast down, but not destroyed. And he wrote in 2 Corinthians 11, 24 through 30, and every now and then I've got to just read this. I just have to read this for myself, so I thought I'd read it to you tonight. It's one of the most powerful things you could ever hear in your life. He said, of the Jews five times I received 40 stripes save one. I'm on the backside of the, of the rug. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day have I been in the deep. And he's putting the thread into the rug. In journeys often, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness, in painfulness, in watchings, in hunger and thirst, in fastings, in cold and nakedness, beside those things that are without that which comes from me daily, upon me daily, the care of all the churches. Who is weak? And I am not weak. Who is offended? And I not burn not, and I burn not. This is how Paul wrapped it all up. If I must needs glory, I will glory in the, of the things which concern my infirmities. Here's what I want to tell you. When you can worship in all your dark thread moments, when you can still worship, when you can glory in the infirmities that come into your life, you are setting a stage for one of the grandest finales that you've ever had in a person's life. When hell sees you with your hands up and your mouth open and your eyes crying and praise coming out, he cannot handle that because there's one thing that he can't handle is a made up mind for the Lord. No matter what's come against you, I will praise him. No matter what's putting me down, I will get up and praise him. No matter what I run into tomorrow, I will praise him. Somebody help me preach right now. No matter what comes my way, I will continue to bless the name of the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually 
be in my mouth. I will say of the Lord, you are my God. You are my God. David said, one thing have I desired of the Lord and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life and behold the beauty of the Lord and choir in his sanctuary. Seven times a day, he said, I will praise the Lord. You hear me? You may be putting things in on the backside of the rug, the, the thread and tying the knots, but lift your hands and say, one day I will see the other side and I will rejoice and I will dance all over heaven because heaven is for those who do not give up on the dark side of the rug. I don't understand why God does not heal everyone, but if you could see the, this side of the tapestry, this side of the workmanship, this side of the designer's touch, you could, like Paul, say, I will glory then in my infirmities. I wish all wheelchairs could be parked. I wish all diseases could run out of town. I wish all families could be placed together. I wish all dads could bond with their sons. And I wish all moms and daughters could come together. But two things I've learned about life. Number one, life is not fair. But number two, this life is not final. <laughs> I think I'll hug that. I'm just going to hug that. Life may not be fair, but it's not final. There's another side. You're getting it now, aren't you, to this tapestry. It's called heaven. Someday the dull will become brilliant. Someday the mundane will become majestic. Someday the struggles will replace by, be replaced by the sensational. And the pain will be replaced by his presence. And our mere existence will be lost in his eternality. Oh yeah, one day soon. Brother Rudy Montoya is a dear friend of mine. He's a board member of this church. He sent me something today, a new invention that's just come out. And it's, uh, it's, pretty, it's pretty unbelievable. It is simply a way to pay your bills with your hand, just with your hand. Of course, there'll be a little something in it, you know. Just with your hand, no credit cards necessary, just with your hand. And we all know what that's indicating. It may not be what we think it is, which would be the mark of the beast. But you hear me. You listen to this pastor. I'm not trying to scare anybody. I'm trying to tell you that heaven is for real. When you see all these things come to pass, lift up your eyes. Hallelujah. Jesus is coming soon. And one day we're gonna see the other side of this tapestry and we're gonna rejoice on the other side and we're gonna shout the victory, hallelujah. So Daniel, face the den of lions. Hebrew boys, walk on in the fire. There is one with you giving instructions even in the heat of the fire. Little lady who wants to be avenged of your adversary, keep knocking on the door. Glory in your infirmities. Push the thread through the fibers. Hear the chant of the Holy Ghost. That's where we are. In the Northeast, codfish are a big, big commercial business. But they're also in demand in California. And on the West Coast, they do not have codfish. They don't have them. So the problem is this. It was how to get them from the East Coast to the West Coast and keep those fish, codfish fresh. So the first thing they tried was freezing them. But when they got to California, they had lost their flavor. 
Then they tried to ship them in salt water. But when they got to California, they were soft and mushy and unedible. So finally, a creative man, a fisherman that dealt with them in their environment came up with a solution. No one knows how to deal with people to get them to the other side like a man who works with people of God in their environment. I'm going to talk to you. He said this. You got to get this. I'm coming to a close. Put the codfish in a tank of water and put their natural enemy in there with them. And the natural enemy of a codfish is a catfish. And that catfish chased the codfish in the container inside the 18-wheeler the whole way from the northeast all the way to California. And when they arrived in California, the codfish were fresh and firm and full of life. He said, put the codfish now, we are, he said, put the codfish now in the restaurant, restauranteur's hand and feed the people on the west coast from something that survived its enemy all the way across America. We are the codfish. The devil is the catfish. <laughs> He's all mouth and no brains. That's what a catfish is. Our natural enemy. But 1 John 4 and 4 says, greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. Don't be resent by being chased by hell. Hey, preacher, I'm still here and I don't understand everything that's going on in my world. But when we get to the other side, I will still be fresh, I'll still be firm, and I'll still be full of life. And when I'm presented to the Lord, I won't be soft and mushy, and I won't be un, 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 unreachable and untouchable. I'll be in his world and his glory. You hear me, keep pushing the thread through the rug. No matter what comes, keep pushing. I'll see the other side of this tapestry. You know why? Because we're gonna finish our assignment here on this earth with this church and with my life. Raise your hands if you wanna finish this life. Come on, raise your hands. Say, I'm gonna finish. I'm gonna finish this life. I'm gonna finish it. And I'm gonna go to heaven and see what this is all about. Now, folks, I used to, <clears throat> I'm, I'm closing now. But I used to when I was a kid. I used to uh, sit on the back porch. I had a, I've told y'all this story about my dog. I had a dog named Hunky Dory. And, and, and I used to sing to Hunky Dory and he'd howl. I had a howling dog. Long before the America's Funniest Home Video, I had a dog that could sing like nobody's business. He was unbelievably funny. And I would sing and he would sing. And, and I'd start thinking about heaven and thinking about going to another world as a little boy. And it would almost make my mind hurt because I couldn't, I couldn't understand the sense of being with the Lord forever and it never ending. I thought everything came to an end, everything. And you know what, one day it, it, it hit me. I, I don't know how old I'll be. I, I made that statement to myself when I go. And I really thought the rapture was going to play, be, take place in 2000 and I thought we was going to all go in the year 2000, but that's how much I know. Now I didn't preach that, but I thought that. But here's what I know, here's what I know. I know this, heaven is for real. And Jesus has prepared a place for us. And I know one day we're gonna go home to be with him. And we're not gonna all die to get there. We're gonna be taken away. The dead in Christ are gonna rise first and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with him in the clouds. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. 
We're going to heaven someday. I really believe that. And can you imagine, can you imagine stepping on celestial streets? Can you imagine? You know, Paul got a glimpse of that in his life. I've got to wind down, but I could preach about heaven another 45 minutes. Paul got a glimpse of that in his life when the Bible said he was taken to the third heaven. See, there's a heaven that we see here. Then there's a mid-heaven that belongs to the enemy. He's the prince and the power of the air. And then there's a third heaven. So we see our heaven. Then there's a heaven between our heaven and that third heaven. And that heaven is the one we have to break through with our praise. We have to break through with our praise. That's why you need to praise him. That's why you need to pray. That's why you need to ask God to give you victory over things. And you know what you need to do? You need to signature your prayer with the name of Jesus. Because the name of the Lord is the most powerful name and hell can't conquer the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so you, you push through and saw Paul went there and didn't tell about it for a long, long time. But he said, there is a place. I was there. There's a place. I don't have to read a book of a six-year-old boy that went there and said, heaven's for real. I believe this book right here that heaven's for real. And one day, we're going to see the other side of the rug. We're going to see the designer side. And when we do, all heaven's going to break loose. And we're going to have us a time and a half. I want to go. I love you folks very much. Don't ever forget tapestry. There's another side of the rug. Stand to your feet, you're awesome people. I love you, I love you, I love you. Now, here's what I want you to do. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to take your neighbor, your husband, your wife, your friend, your worker, whatever, who's ever with you here tonight. I want you to take them by the hand. You in the house, I want you to take your family by the hand. There's an old song we used to sing when I was a kid. It goes something like this. There's coming a day when no heartaches will come. No more clouds in the sky. No more tears to dim the eye. All is peace forevermore on that happy golden shore. What a day, glorious day. That will be, see I'm seeing this side now, but one day I'm gonna see this other side. What a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see and I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace. When he takes me by the hand and leads me through that promised land, what a day, woo! There will be no sorrow there. No more burdens we're going to bear. No more sickness. No pain. <laughs> no party over there. 
and forever I will be with the one who died for me what a day somebody sing it with me let's leave here singing tonight oh what a day that will be when my Jesus eyes when I look upon his face the one who saved me by his grace when he takes me by the hand and leads me through the promised land what a day lift your hands let me bless you dear father bless every home tonight bless all these precious people that took time out of their schedule to just come and participate in service God your presence is in this house your glory fills this place because we have elevated you and you said anytime I'm elevated I'll draw all men to me you've been elevated here tonight Lord and we honor you we love you and we praise you. We want to come home and be with you one day, Lord. Lord, bless the church. Bless Christian Life Austin. Bless every church in this city that preaches the truth, that lifts your name, that edifies you, that believes, God, that you are the God of all creation, that believes that you are the Savior of mankind and you're the healer of all diseases. Now, thank you, Lord. We're seeing the wrong side of the rug right now, but one day we'll see the other side and we'll stand with Job and we'll stand with Joseph and we'll stand with John the Beloved and we'll stand with the little woman named Ruth that was a Moabitess and came to Israel saying, I want something better in my life than what I have. Thank you for tonight. Thank you for these precious folks and thank you for all that's listening and bless everybody in their home for it's in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Everybody said amen. Come on in the house. Say amen. amen. Say amen. Turn around to somebody. Give them a high five. Bless them. And say I love you and I'll see you Sunday. We're having baby dedication Sunday. Third service Sunday, baby dedication. Love you very much. God bless. Have a great night. Have a great night. Have a great night.